0: In the squadron, they called him
1: Bullets,
0: but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: What's that saying? Watch out. You could get shot by your own gun, shot by your own gun, or they also say hoist on one's own pretard. A pretard, whatever that is. I think it's a great big javelin-like looking sword from the medieval times days. Uh, you know, King Arthur and the rest. Anyway, that's what, uh, Letitia James, uh, some crazy wacko judge, uh, the media, Democrats everywhere, uh, just did regarding Donald Trump. They shot themselves with their own gun. Um, amazing display. President Trump walked into that courtroom where they are pursuing bogus charges against his company, an amazing display of strength and determination from President Trump in the midst of outright bold lies all over the place. And I could see it. They actually had a camera in the courtroom. You know who was giggling? Uh, the judge. And it wasn't giggling... uh <laughs> Why would you giggle in such a circumstance? It's called nervous laughter. It's like you got busted. Oh, he really showed up? The DA, uh the people who work for Letitia James at their table. <laughs> I got him. I'm looking at him right now. They were laughing, laughing. Letitia James sits in the third row. This is all that crazy lawsuit against the Trump empire. Suddenly, Letitia James is trying to tell us that um Donald Trump isn't really worth anything in real estate, right? <laughs> the guy that has been a household name in New York and beyond since 1976, he's telling us, they're telling us is suddenly worthless and was all built on a, right, you could pull that off. You could pull that off maybe, I don't know, in uh, Augusta, Maine or Boise, Idaho. or uh, But in New York, you think you could get one by New Yorkers for decades? No, he is the real deal. Shut the hell up. We know it. You know it. And Trump showed up today to prove it. More than prove it, just say, yeah, you're going to have to go through me. You know, it's interesting. He's he's facing a lot of cases now, right? But this is the only one where he voluntarily showed up. He did not have to be there. The other cases, like the federal case, uh, he actually had to show up and enter a plea. He did not have to be there today. So there is a trial that starts today, which is ludicrous in and of itself. The, the lawsuit was filed uh, in September of last year. So a year ago, and it starts today? Are you kidding me? There are divorce cases that have a longer pre-trial process than this, okay? <laughs> it, these litigation goes on notoriously for years and years and years, and pre-trial this and motion that, and it gets delayed, delayed, delayed. But this crazy, crazy judge, and oh, by the way, according to himself, according to the judge himself, et, et, what's his name, Edgaron? And a moron, he is a maniac. This is the judge describing himself. I am a maniac who likes to blow off the law. (laughs) He said it, actually, in an interview a bunch of years ago. Granted, he was talking about the time he was in college, and he worked as a cab driver. And the fun thing about being a cab driver was learning how to drive like a maniac and getting away with breaking the law. You know, you would not be able to find Donald Trump saying that, even in jest, anywhere. But you got the judge. A judge? who ran for, we've got to get rid of this system, right? You elect the judges. Nobody in the world ever knows anything about any judge they've ever voted for. I'm a fairly well-informed person, actually. (laughs) I kind of know what's going on in the political scene, all these names. I've never seen it at all. You get in there and you got all those names. What the hell? Who are they? Who are these people? Well, it's Clubhouse that's clubhouse politics there's still a, a a holdover a vestige clubhouse politics and this guy etergon whatever um let me see here i'm going to show you he's gotten money from all kinds of democrats for a long long time and now he's sitting in judgment of president trump now they're counting on they're counting on the entire system like nobody being there to help trump at a time like this and yeah trump is kind of relying on himself good for him i mean let's face it the media Totally corrupt. I mean, totally and thoroughly corrupt. Just outright, they are full-time liars. I've gotten so much response and feedback over that CNN thing we played last week. We got that handy, right? Because I'm going to do it again a little bit later in the show. Erin Burnett, this is their signature show. This is their signature straight news show. And I caught her in a massive, massive lie. CNN still runs around calling themselves the most trusted name in news. It's all get Trump all the time. We're all sick of it. But the media is in on it. The legal community, the legal community is all in on this as well. No one wants to stick their neck out for Trump, and it shouldn't be sticking your neck out. It should be just working within the system, defending a client. You know, he has to look high and low for a very special cadre of lawyers who are willing to take this step. Because if you work for, say, a a, a moderately sized or even a big law firm or whatever, they're not going to touch Trump. They're worried about all their woke clients, corporations, whatnot. You can't represent Trump. They will pull their business out in a heartbeat. So there are very few attorneys out there who are willing to do this, go to bat for him. And that's kind of the way it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to, the, the system, nobody's supposed to make up their minds ahead of time. Well, they all did. So the media is in the tank. Uh, the legal professions in the tank. Republicans and Democrats are in the tanks. Yeah, Republicans too. Uh, they're bending over backwards to harm Trump including Ronna Romney McDaniel the entire Republican leadership Mitch Mitch McConnell the rest they're praying that he goes down praying the only people that Trump really has on his side not even Fox News you can't you can't count on Fox News he uh, can count on the people but the people you know they 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 like to say the power is with the people and I believe that I do believe in that but let's face it the people are busy you know, people have jobs, you know. People, uh, people don't have uh, blogs and newspapers and and, and Twitter accounts with multi million uh, followers. We they, they just don't have that. They have votes. They can vote, but that's been diluted. I, I I don't know. The power is with the people. I mean, Trump has got to win this next election by like thirty million votes. He's got to win it so overwhelmingly. But yes, he has the people. But the people, sadly, and a lot of them are timid. A lot of folks out there. I'm not just talking about the, uh, you know, the, the the lawyers and the media elites, you know, who have to go with the flow. But regular people. This is the scary part, you know, people who work at the bus depot, teachers are afraid of putting this the wrong thing up on Facebook, otherwise they they could feel the wrath of, uh, <laughs> of uh, from the principal, from the school board, from who knows. Regular people. We should be able to sound off. Now, granted, 30 years ago, you know the. Regular people really didn't sound off. Where were you going to sound off? You know, How many people actually went to those meetings? People did, but basically it was relegated to letters to the editor and Election Day. And only cranks would write letters to the editor. I'm talking about 30 years ago. Um, now it's easy. Anybody can kind of pipe off, and they should, and you should. And don't worry about the consequences. Um, big tech working against us, working against Trump. So it was pretty beautiful in there. Uh, watching Trump take this head on. And why is he doing this? I think because they're going after something he is so passionate about. And that is so true to him. His business empire, what he's built over the past nearly half century. His name, Trump, the brand. And you're trying to say he's a fraud? No, 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 no. You know, this other stuff, the, uh, you know, the, the documents, uh, January 6th. We, everybody knows that's a scam. Everybody knows it. But this, this is different. And that's like the swamp trying to invoke swamp rules. You can't do this. You must do this. You must do that. This is something that he feels very comfortable. This world, real estate. And he knows more than Tish James. Light years more. He knows more than Judge Moron. And let's see here. Here he is arriving at the court. I got some uh, sound bites from him. Um, he'd said it inside. Sir, flanked by his attorneys, and a guy named Jason Miller, who's running his campaign. Great team he's got with him. Cut 16, please.
3: It's a witch hunt. It's a disgrace. We have a corrupt attorney general in the state. You see how she does?
2: Okay. Let's hear a little bit more. Cut 17.
3: This trial could have been brought years ago, but they waited till I was right in the middle of my campaign. So it's all run by DOJ, which is corrupt.
2: Totally. Cut 18.
3: We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me.
2: All right, and one more. I hope. One, two, three. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He said a lot more than that. We should listen to the rest, but it's fascinating to me because he was defending himself and all day long, let's see, all they're doing right now on all the cable networks is talking about Trump. But fascinatingly, when he said those, uh, when he made those remarks this morning at 10 o'clock live, you could take it live. We took, I I saw it live on certain networks, but not on others. They wouldn't actually allow him to defend himself on television. Why would they not do that? Isn't that kind of fascinating? They're talking about him, talking about him, talking about him, talking about him. And the moment he talks, oh, cut away. No, 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 no. We can't have him on TV. However, Latish James, Tisha James, what is her name anyway? Man, oh, man, oh, man, what a broken-down crackpot of a woman. Totally and completely and a complete airhead. Doesn't know a damn thing about the law. Uh The real beautiful thing about this case, though, is we see the ugliness. You know, I have it on videotape where she's saying, yeah, we're going to get Trump, we're going to sue his ass, we're going to sue his ass. And then you have her, well, the next moment, trying to sound like she's this dignified woman of justice but remember this is the same one who said i'm gonna get his ass cut 14
4: no matter how much money you think you may have no one is above the law and it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it
2: what about getting his ass you i heard you say get his ass does she does she does she say it next cut 15
4: the law is both powerful and fragile and today in court we will prove our case. Justice will prevail.
2: Wow! Wow! Get his ass! No, that's only for behind the scenes, huh? She's trying to do a uh very cheap imitation of Maya Angelou somehow, right? Ooh, such... And then she sits there staring at the back of his head. It's all scripted. It's all... Man, the state attorney general is Letitia James. Now, why do I have such vitriol for her? Well, a big chunk of it is this case, and another big chunk of it... Drag time story hour. The attorney general of uh, the state of New York goes to drag time story hour with children, hangs out with children and drag queens, reading to them on a weekend. I think that's pretty foul. You know what? I think that's actually perverted and totally wrong. And the furthest thing from what a state attorney general should be doing. What a joke. Although it's not a joke. They're they're playing with... Uh, they're playing with real bullets here. You know what I mean? These are you know, lawsuit and that kind of thing. This is, uh, this is what it looks like to see somebody railroaded. He's being railroaded. Now it's not working. And it was really fascinating to see in court today. They were kind of looking at each other. The prosecutors, the judges all goofy and smiling. I'll show you later. He was smiling and goofy. <laughs> Judge Edragon. Edragon. What the hell is his name? Edagoron. He's been, he's in his seventies now. Let's see, what else do we know about him? He lives in Great Neck, married three times. That's neither here nor there. I'm just, oh, by the way, four kids. Um, oh, and Democrat, he's given to Democrats, and of course, he gets money from Democrats. It just seems so, like, not judicial. Right? I mean, isn't that supposed to be... You can find these justices, um, sorry, uh, these statues of justice. They call it Lady Justice. And look closely, Lady Justice is wearing blindfolds. Except this guy. Let's see. Friends of Dick Gottfried gave him $50,000 to Arthur Engoron. $25,000 came from a group called, uh, state local, state local, state local. They kind of camouflage these things a little bit. The Ed Sullivan reelection committee. What the hell is that? For Freedom's Democratic Club. Gave Edgaron $300,000? What? <laughs> uh, I think that might be against the law. <laughs> How can you give a judge $300,000 and expect it the next line? $350,000 on June 17th of 2015 to Arthur Engeron. Let's see who this is from. Uh, Lenox Hill Democrats. These numbers have gotta be 300,000. These crummy people who hang on that clubhouse came up with $300,000 and more. What do you think Arthur's gonna do? You think he's, you think he's gonna play this one straight? Hmm. God bless you, President Trump. We'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: So, what the hell is Matt Gates doing anyway? <laughs> what is this guy? Is he crazy or what? I like Matt Gates. I met him once. A uh, very nice guy. Uh smart, articulate, um you know, actually very, very powerful speaker, right? More than articulate. This guy is uh, one hell of a powerful orator. Not the best dressed guy in the world. <laughs> he just, he just I've been meaning to tell. I mean, just like wears these like shoes from the 1950s. What do they call them? Saddle shoes that are black and white, and uh, I don't know. Maybe this is very. It's very very Florida. This this. It's not New York. It's not New York. But anyway, he's got a big future, I think. Uh, so he's threatening to basically blow up Congress. Um, he's wants to oust Kevin McCarthy. Now, i got to admit, I don't understand all this parliamentary stuff that they do and, you know, point of order and all this crap. I don't know. It's important. It's got to be done. Omnibus bills, I know about them, and I know it would be great. Instead of passing one great big gigantic bill for $15 million trillion, you know, you go in and, and negotiate it line by line by line, much more time consuming. But we'd save a hell of a lot of money. We'd save a hell of a lot of money. Um, but that's not the way it's set up right now. Compromise, compromise, compromise. Then again, you know, people say, well, compromise, you got to learn how to compromise. But when you think about it, the word compromise sometimes is very negative, right? Like Joe Biden is compromised. He's compromised because, well, the Chinese have dirt on him. (laughs) The Ukrainians have dirt on him. The Russians have dirt on him. The whole world has dirt on him. I have dirt on him. The media have dirt on him, but they're not pulling the trigger. I'm I'm going nuts <laughs> putting this information out, and somehow they're in denial. That's a fascinating thing. Again, you can go about your business in America if you're not that politically minded or consuming a lot of media and not know that Joe Biden, as a candidate for president in 2019, received $250,000 from the Chinese. This is like smoking gun proof of corruption. And they continue to well, that was Hunter's. Well, Hunter wasn't even living in the House. Hunter was living in California at the time. It went to Joe's house. A quarter of a million dollars. You guys are so invested in this crime. I mean, I, look, I still say it's all about the burst wide open. And this is October. I'm told it's going to happen before Halloween. Evidence will emerge. More evidence that even the fake news will no longer be able to deny. It might even be not only audio, but video
0: Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
5: I tried to talk to you into running for mayor of the city of New York, the second most important job of of our country, and you thought about it for about 10 seconds
3: before you said no. (laughs) Well... I didn't want to complicate Hillary's life. <laughs> well, yes, had, you know, just taking office in the Senate, and I love New York City, and I have uh, loved trying to help mayors. I've I've I tried to help Mayor Bloomberg in the beginning. Briefly, I tried to help Mayor De Blasio, but he was he decided that he was I think more progressive than he thought I was, <laughs> whatever that means, and then. I've enjoyed trying to help Mayor Adams.
2: Hey, that's uh, Bill Clinton talking to John Katsimatidis over the weekend. Big interview, lots of news. Uh, Interesting, (laughs) he's trying to help Mayor Adams, trying to help Mayor Adams, and de Blasio wouldn't take his help. Look, whether you like Bill Clinton or not, the man knows politics. If only Hillary had listened to him more. You know who he uh, he recognized right away as having real tremendous political talent? Uh, Donald uh, Trump. And, uh, yeah, he, um, he knows his stuff. Bill Clinton. He's made a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, I can look. He's an ex-president now. And um, I do have respect for his intellect. He is off the charts brilliant. It's like. I remember my dad tell, I've met him like twice, maybe, yeah, twice. But my dad told me, it's like, man, he knows so much about so much. And my dad really knows sports. Uh, Curtis Leewell will tell you that Curtis knows sports. And, oh, wait a second. Bill O'Reilly right now. What a treat. Bill O'Reilly. Welcome and congratulations on the new book. Killing the Witches? Oh, he hung up on us? Okay. Well, as you guys uh, get it together over there, Bill O'Reilly's new book is called Killing the Witches, and it is available wherever books are sold, on sale September 26th. That was last week. And uh, Bill O'Reilly, an amazing broadcaster, all media, all mediums, including literature, the best-selling nonfiction author, I believe, of all time, Bill
6: O'Reilly. Welcome back. How are you?
0: Good, Kelly. How you been? Okay, okay. Uh,
2: congratulations on the book.
6: Hey, yeah, we're quick out of the gate. We sold about a hundred thousand copies in six days, so that's pretty good, right? Damn. Well, uh,
2: it's it's unbelievable. And you know, it's funny. Uh, Trump was just talking about witches this morning.
6: Yeah, calling that's this why a I wrote witch the book. hunt. Well, that's why I wrote the book because we definitely have a witch hunt underway in America. It is called cancel culture, and the Basis of it goes all the way back to Salem in 1692. Accusations now are enough to destroy you. So Trump is correct when he says that the Democratic establishment is out to get him. Now, I'm not his lawyer. I don't know the ins and outs of the evidence that will be presented. But I do know the attorney general of New York ran on the platform that she was going to get Trump. I mean, that's it. We got sound bites. We know. And the judge in the trial has already said that, uh, in his opinion, Ma Lago is worth about $18 million. Have you ever been down there, Kelly?
2: I actually have, and uh, that's okay. a grossly undervalued, that's a ludicrously small
6: number. It's about $150 million. So if a judge, again, a rabid Democrat, is going to say publicly in his summary judgment, that a piece of land in the most expensive place in the country, Palm Beach, Florida, on the ocean and on the Intercoastal, it goes from ocean to Intercoastal, um, is worth between 18 and 28 million. Everybody in Palm Beach just left. So what is that? You tell me. Why is this judge not know? Does he care? So all of the evidence shows that Donald Trump is the victim. It's hard to use the words Donald Trump and victim in the same sentence. But this this looks like accusation, guilty. All right, what are we going to get him on next? So
2: um, it's funny, though. Not funny. He he only has the people. Like the media are out to cancel him. The legal establishment is out to cancel him. There are lawyers who are afraid to take the case because the legal community will come after them. That's right. only has the people. Uh, which is fascinating. Hey, about the book, though, can I just ask you, back in the yeah. 1670s or whenever they were going after the witches, and I've been to Salem, were they ever genuinely afraid that some of these people were witches? Were they Were Was there ever a genuine accus- accusation based on fear that somebody was a witch?
6: Well, they were afraid of everything. In 1692, the people living in Salem were living under the oppression of the insane clerics who told them every hour on the hour they're going to hell and that the devil is going to come to their house and burn it down, or whatever they were saying, and that people were petrified. But these accusations were lodged by children, young girls, 10, 11, 12. And just put yourself back there. So you're, you're in Salem, you're on the farm, and all of a sudden the constable comes riding up to your property and says, you're under arrest for being a witch, come with us. They put you in handcuffs or rope cuffs, whatever it was back then. They take you to a jail. Two days later, you're in a courtroom, and the, uh, the tribunals looking at you and go, okay, prove you're not a witch. Prove you're not a witch. And the girl sitting there going, oh, he's a witch. He said, goody, this one's a witch. He told me to sign the devil's book. What do you, what do, you do? And then two weeks after that, you got a rope around your neck. That's exactly what went down. 20 human beings murdered. And when you go to Salem today, 25 miles north of Boston, is a big sign, welcome to Salem, witch city. It should be welcome to Salem, dead witch city.
5: Because
6: hmm. they're making millions of dollars off the corpses of people buried 500 yards away.
2: So was it <laughs> mass hysteria that led to these yes. accusations? or yeah, it was, that-
6: it was mass hysteria. We, we start killing the witches on the Mayflower, and Kelly, you and I did not want to be on that boat. Um, 66 days from Plymouth, England to Massachusetts, harrowing, harrowing voyage across the North Atlantic. They get here, and they weren't called pilgrims back then. I came about 100 years later. The Puritans get here, and they're at each other's throats. And uh, every time they turn around, they can't do something. They're they're being accused of being a sinner. They're in uh, these blocks. They put them in. Uh, it was crazy hysteria, and this was the apex of it. This witch trial thing.
2: You know, you mentioned about cancel culture, and um, you know we're in the middle of it. Has it kind of lessened a little bit? It's like it used to be. If you had a strike against you, some sort of glaring accusation that makes the news or whatever and that was it but i feel like we're kind of getting a nerd to it and people realize that cancel culture is a real thing and you have people now who are bouncing back even after an accusation and quite frankly trump is arguably the poster child of all this stuff because look at him he's thriving and he's got yeah, all this but stuff. Got
6: money and power he's got money and power so we, the first half of the book is the history of all this and then we go to modern times this is a High school teacher, young high school teacher, Northern Virginia, about 25, 26 years old, sitting in her house watching TV. The cops come to the door and arrest her. She's shocked, and she's charged with inappropriate behavior toward a student, taken to the police station, booked. Uh, She's fired the next day. Two weeks later, the charges are dropped. No evidence from the kid. The kid just didn't like her, accused her of this. Whole life ruined. Okay, can't come out of the house, bat, you know, shamed in front of everybody in the town. She wins $5 million. She su- sued the school district in civil court. But still to this day, her life is ruined. And I, and I got five or six of those. So it's not just Trump. It's not just the uh, famous commentators or whatever it may be, the movie stars. It's regular folks because people know they can do this now and ruin somebody's life. And there's a battery of lawyers, and you hear them on radio and television, oh, yeah, come on, come on in. Bring me your accusation. I won't even charge you any money. I'll file the lawsuit, and then if, you, if they settle, which corporations will, then I'll take 33% of it. You know, it's an industry, this kind culture, so it isn't abating. And a guy like Trump can fight back. He's got the media, he's got the money, he's got the power, but most people cannot.
2: And you know what? He also works for himself he's his own boss he can't you know he can't get fired by the trump organization and most people work for somebody and the employer right. the employer you know they they tend to overreact and panic oh somebody mentioned me on twitter watch out yikes you know they 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 totally lose it and that's uh that's interesting all right so bill um have you been talking to trump lately
6: i haven't spoken to him in a while um you know he's pretty comfortable um, in his position, I think you'll get the Republican nomination unless something happens, and it's Trump, so every day something could happen. But right now, none of the challengers are going to beat him in the primary system. So that presents to the country a, a decision. Um, do you go with a guy who you may not like personally, and most Americans do not like Donald Trump personally, um, or do you uh, allow the progressives to totally ruin the country? We're fifty percent ruined now, probably about sixty, sixty-five sixty65 percent in New York City. But we can snap back if we throw these progressives out. It can you know, you could close the border tomorrow by saying an executive order, uh, we're not going to allow any asylum claims for a year until we get this under control down there. That would stop it tomorrow.
2: Have you ever met Joe Biden?
6: Oh, yeah, sure, I know Biden.
2: What did he strike, before President, what did he strike you as? I mean, everybody, the the little secret there is he was a big dummy and everybody knew it. Is that fair?
6: No. You remember Slick Willie? Bill Clinton? Clinton? Sure. Yeah, Slick Joey. So, Joey was slicker than Billy, um, and he devoted his whole life to understanding how to manipulate the voters of Delaware to keep him in his Senate seat, which isn't hard. Delaware is the smallest state. Um, and then when he got into the Senate, cozying up to whoever he had to cozy, uh, cozy up to. I call Joe Biden a man of no seasons. Remember the movie A Man for All Seasons? Right. A man of no seasons. No core belief system at all. None. Everything that he believed uh, 25 years ago, he doesn't believe now. And we're talking about big things like abortion, like uh, Second Amendment, everything. It's just totally. So Joe Biden does what Joe Biden has to do to maintain his power. Um, And you can't be a stupid man um, and negotiate that for all those decades. Where he does fall down intellectually is he doesn't care. And this is what people don't understand. Joe Biden could not care less about fentanyl coming into this country and killing hundreds of thousands of people. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care about the open border. He doesn't care about the crime in the streets. He doesn't care about rampant inflation. He doesn't care. He's like a numb guy. And that's what people don't get. So when you have a politician who's that Craven, Who all he wants is power, and that is all. And Jill Biden is at the same level, by the way. Jill Biden loves the power, yeah, and that's why they're not out of there. They will be. I don't believe he's going to run, but they will be out of there. But boy, they'll hold on to the very last second.
2: Hey, listen, I got a little clip. I understand you got a CNN. uh, Something happened on CNN would love to hear from you. I've got a little CNN story, too. The most trusted name in news is, I mean, they fell a long time ago, but they are just outright corrupt. Uh, First of all, did something happen on CNN that we should know about? Yeah, a
6: couple of weeks ago, they ran a montage after Murdoch resigned as chairman of Fox News. The montage appeared on the Abby Phillip primetime show. It was about a minute long. I was in there for eight seconds. The clip they used of me said that slaves were housed and fed decently. That was it. Eight seconds. So that anyone watching that would think, oh, O'Reilly is sticking up for slavery. The body of the conversation in 2016 was Michelle Obama said slaves built the White House. She got a lot of heat for that. I said that was true and went to the historical way that slaves were used to build the White House. And they were fed and housed decently by the federal government when they were laboring. The, the soundbite ran about three minutes. They took eight seconds out of it. So then I have my attorney write him a letter, say we need an apology and a retraction. They refused to do that. That's CNN. And you are absolutely right as corrupt an organization as there is in the United States of America today.
2: It's amazing. But you know what? It's funny. I think you and I operate kind of where it was okay to do this for a long time, colorblind. It doesn't really matter what you look like. It matters who you are, what you say, what you put out into the world. Abby Phillips happens to be a black woman. For a lot of people, especially the white people who work at CNN, that means whatever she says is sacrosanct, and you cannot challenge her. This is a uh, totally bizarre way of viewing the world, but I think that's happening. What I'm basically saying is there are elite people of color who say things and do things that enhance their own power, their individual power, but the entire community, the race, be damned.
6: You buy that? I do in a general way. I don't think Miss Phillip even saw the montage. Um, She is a woman of the left. That's how I describe her. But she is certainly not engaged intellectually in what she is putting on the air. It is standard issue left-wing politics on her show. That's it.
2: Well, Bill, we're grateful that you are out there and as productive as you are. Hey, I hate to take up more of your time, but uh, do you mind? Could you stick around until after the break?
6: Uh, Yeah, I can stick around for about five more minutes, Kelly, just because you're a good guy.
2: (laughs) You're the best, pal. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with Bill.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, back with Bill
2: O'Reilly, his new book, Killing the Witches, available everywhere. If you have uh, not read a book in a long time, if you've fallen out of love with reading, get this book. It's a lot of fun to read, and these books are so entertaining and informative. Bill, you told us all about the Republican side. Trump is going to get the nomination unless something happens. What about what, something big, something unforeseen? What about Biden? I can't imagine him actually making it. What do you think is going to happen on the you know, Democrat side?
6: About a year ago, I said on uh, Common Sense on WABC at 9 o'clock, where I hold forth for an hour, uh, that I didn't think uh, Biden would run for re-election. I think it'll be an LBJ thing that he'll down the road somewhere say, look, for my health reasons, I I can't go. Um, it's not a crisis for the Democratic Party because they don't need a primary system to nominate someone to run against Trump. They can go right to the convention. So their preference would be Michelle Obama, but there's no indication that the former first lady wants to do it. But if she did want to do it, she's not going to campaign. She'll just show up in Chicago, and uh, they'll say, okay, uh, you're the nominee. They can do that in the uh, conventions. If the, that doesn't happen, uh, then Gavin Newsom would step forth, maybe Amy Klobuchar in Minnesota, the senator there, maybe a couple of governors, but it would be almost possible for any of them, except for Newsom, um, to mount a campaign financially. you got to have now $500 million to run for president. It's insane, but that's the way it is. Um, but I do not expect Biden to run because, number one, he's, he's – diminishing so quickly. And I have my mother was in that was in that same category. I watched it. It goes fast. And number two, I think this Hunter Biden stuff is gonna get worse.
2: Yeah, totally. Right now there's a there's a report, the Daily Mail, a sex ring, a sex trafficking ring that he may have been involved with. Well fascinating stuff, Bill O'Reilly. So appreciate you sticking around. Uh the book Killing the Witches available everywhere. And I so like the last one, uh, Killing the Legends, uh, this one is gonna be great too. Thank you, Bill.
6: Alright, thanks for
2: having me on, Kelly. You bet, to be continued. Um wow, what a great guy, huh? I, I love it that he, uh, he, he, we have access to Bill O'Reilly! Uh, one of the greats and, uh, so much insight there. Alright, we have not taken any calls and, uh, we only have a couple of seconds left. What, what's up, Lenny? Lenny in New Jersey City, hi. How about that Bill hey, O'Reilly, uh...
6: huh? Well, listen, I tell him to write the book that everybody wants. It's Killing Martin Luther King, and I don't know why he's shying away from it.
2: I don't know if he's and shying from away from it. He's prolific. I mean, you know, <laughs> you maybe you could write that book. What else is on your mind?
6: No, no. All right, listen, why is Cass have that pedophile on the radio, Anthony Weiner? What a disgrace. Hey, What's calm that?
2: down, calm down, calm down. Listen, um, Weiner uh, is, he paid back his debt to society. You know that, right? I mean, the guy went to jail. Um, you know, it's just what are you going to do? I I think that Anthony Weiner, like everybody, every, every what do they say? Every every sinner has a future, every saint has a past, right? So, um, I I commend uh, John Katzmatius actually for having uh Anthony Weiner on. He he speaks really with a I think often a common sense perspective. Uh, sometimes yeah it goes a little bit left sometimes I totally and thoroughly disagree with him and I might even find myself yelling and screaming and shouting at him um, but he's a brilliant guy and um, there you go I think that if you don't like it you can obviously I mean this is what I don't understand why people would complain about a host I mean there's a literally a trillion places you can go to consume content but To get upset to the point that you call up, call me, to complain about some guy who has a show on the weekend? I just don't understand that. I I, I, I don't. And, uh, you know, so what are you going to do? And, oh, by the way, he never touched anybody. All right? He never touched anyone. So saying that pedophile thing, that is uh, way over the top, Lenny. All right? Don't do that again. I don't need to hear from a person like you. Right? Such a perfect man you are, huh? Easy does it, Lenny. Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you
0: know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Uh yes. Hello. Back, 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 back. And all is well.
0: Hey, uh I was
2: just talking about this in passing, but it's a big, 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 big deal. Treasury documents reveal Hunter Biden was suspected of hiring prostitutes from an Eastern European sex trafficking ring. Hunter Biden allegedly falsified checks through his business account to pay for the women. Um, it's funny. This was totally overlooked because the initial investigation into the, uh, the tax thing and all that stuff started with a IRS investigation into, um, some sort of sex matter. In just a five month span, Hunter spent a whopping I can't tell if this is $30,000 or 300,000 on prostitutes. 30,000 doesn't sound like all that much money, oh by the way. 300 would be a lot. Uh Biden has sent money to individuals who may be part of an Eastern European prostitution ring, a source told the Daily Mail. Several Wells Fargo customers suspected of participating in a sex trafficking ring associated with Biden. The overall activity appeared related to prostitution or drugs. This doesn't sound like Hunter, does it? The review also found that several customers suspected of participating in a sex trafficking ring associated with Biden continued to have what appeared to be an unusual movement of funds in their accounts. Well, this is how they this is how it starts. This is how they notice things. This is quite frankly what, excuse me, led to the downfall of uh, Elliot Spitzer. You know, the bank notices, hey, what's going on here? This is unusual. And well, sure enough, you know, and then turn it over to law enforcement and you know the rest. It's interesting what Trump is doing right now. He is aggressively defending himself publicly. You know, if you were accused, right, think about it. If you were accused, you'd probably go, I mean, and it was totally out of the blue, totally had nothing to do with you. You'd probably yell and scream your uh, your innocence, right? Um, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. A lot of people don't do that. Granted, the lawyers tell them not to do that. But then again, in a perfect world, you know what? I didn't do it. I'm coming. around. Right like Menendez. Has anybody seen him lately? No. He made one statement and then vanished. Has anyone seen? Hey, who remembers Eric Schneiderman? He was the attorney general for New York State, Letitia James's predecessor. Turned out he was a pretty sick guy. He liked to uh, go on dates with women and smack them across the mouth. Not any certain uh, kind of BDSM thing. Uh, The girls did not want to be hit across the mouth. And uh, he'd drink and get all fired up and mad as hell. And um, I haven't seen him protest his innocence. I haven't seen, right, these guys, a lot of them just kind of disappear. Trump knows he's innocent. He is innocent. This $18 million Mar-a-Lago thing is the ultimate scam and the ultimate uh, truth, the ultimate tell, the ultimate tell. I think that's what they like to call it. It's a tell. It's a tell, right? This is how we know the whole damn thing is rigged. All right. What is up with this Congressman, Jamal Bowman? This maniac must be stopped. <laughs> Jamal Bowman, Democrat of the Bronx, and I think a chunk of Westchester as well. He was a high school principal. Man, oh man, what the hell was that school like? Uh, the principal himself pulling the alarm. I remember, you know, first getting acquainted with the idea of a fire alarm in first grade. Remember when you started having fire drills? And it was like a sacred never to be touched. You never even go near the fire alarm. And there was always a story about somebody two towns over who pulled the fire alarm and then we would hear about all the trouble that individual got in. I mean, lots of trouble. So Bowman over the weekend just pulled the fire alarm because he was, he wanted to adjourn Congress and he couldn't do it the legal way. This guy should be expelled. And I knew he was a maniac to begin with. Do you have this yet? I just said, okay, a couple of months ago, actually, yeah, maybe sometime in the fall, late last year, he confronted a congressman named Massey about gun violence. And he's yelling and screaming at him. This is a member of Congress. He's in Congress. You would think that he's some sort of maniac protester. This is a member of Congress. You're about to hear him yell and scream and shout. And he probably should have been ejected right here. You can't do this. Go ahead.
5: Freaking cowards. They're gutless. We're not here. Talking I'm talking about gun violence. I'm you're talking sure about gun violence. A school that allows teachers to Carry guns? You, you think more you guns lead? More guns lead to more death. Look at the your data. Mind? You're not looking at any data. The you're data, you're, you're carrying data. the water for the gun lobby. No, no, Look at the data. Kid more guns need the more deaths. States, States that day. have open carry laws have more
3: deaths. States that out, have open carry laws been a
5: shooting. have more deaths. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, calm down. That's a, calm like, down. I yeah. Children are dying. Nine-year-old children. The solution to is not arm and teach Can I jump in for a
2: second? Nine-year-old children are dying. Guess what? In your own city, they're dying. And, you know, they're being killed by not registered handguns, okay, illegal weapons, illegal weapons, the gun lobby. The gun lobby is minuscule compared to, say, the pharmaceutical lobby or the defense lobby. That's another big major myth about the, the NRA. If more people signed up for the NRA, the National Rifle Association, um, there would be probably a lot fewer deaths. You know what their big thing is? Marksmanship. You know what they can't do very well in the hood? Aim. Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I learned how to shoot when I was about, how old was I? 11 years old. I went to Boy Scout camp. The National Rifle Association actually gave me a marksman award. Marksmanship. There's a way to do it. Don't shoot at little kids, number one. Don't bring, uh <laughs> if you got to beef with somebody, don't try to settle it at some barbecue in the backyard with guns. Keep going, please.
5: Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school?
2: Hey, stop. Stop. Okay, you see, he's the principal, right? He used to be a principal. Well, I've been to school. What's the point? No, I never worked in a school. I was a student. I've been there. I know it as well as you, Jamal. This is a maniac, man. This guy must be stopped. And he pulled a fire alarm. Hey, the fire department showed up. What there's got to be some major penalty for this? Major. And they say our side is out of control. The, the, he's applauded for the, from the left for this stuff. Joe Biden can never, and I was serious about that, what I was talking about with Bill. The fact that a lot of folks, a lot of liberals, liberal whites, but especially, quite frankly, when it comes to race, um, when a person like Jamal Bowman starts talking about race, it shuts up almost everybody in the room. Especially if he's in a room full of white people. Oh, we can't say anything. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well just take him at his word for it. Doesn't matter who's saying it, just listen to the crap he's talking about. Keep going.
5: Have you ever worked in the school? You will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay, I'll bring it down a notch. Have you ever worked in a school? I worked in the school Hey, you said you were gonna bring it down a notch! I was a teen. <laughs> <laughs> I school I school
1: That's your problem.
5: What?
2: Did he say he was a Time. guidance counselor?
5: He can't even yes no question.
2: What? Answer. All you've been Why doing is talking about the yourself. Why? The All right. Enough. Stop. Question. Stop. 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 No more. Stop. Seriously. Oh God. Now, he's a lot better – uh wait, no. He's a lot worse than the Jamal who co- calls the show every now and then. Although he gets a little bit uh, high in the volume as well, Jamal, from the Bronx. They're both from the Bronx. Hmm. All right. Ah, What do we do with that? I think that's enough. I'm going to bring this back because by popular demand, this thing went mega viral over the weekend. I mentioned it to Bill O'Reilly, but I didn't play it. So Aaron Burnett is the – uh I guess she used to be the it girl at CNN. Now the it girl is Caitlin Collins, who's equally as dishonest. But Aaron Burnett is on the news. I think this is Thursday night. And she's ripping on Trump. You know, he overvalued all of his properties, including 40 Wall Street. But she wants to make her own personal observation about Trump. Again, this is CNN. They call themselves the most trusted name in news. Listen to this, please. Cut 20.
4: And let's take a close look at another one of those properties that Trump refers to. 40 Wall Street, one of the most treasured jewels in Trump's crown. That property is central to the New York Attorney General's case against him. It is a building that Trump loves to tout. Just listen to him on 9-11. Let me just be clear here. This is on 9-11-2001. Moments after the World Trade Center buildings collapsed. Here's Donald Trump.
3: 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest.
4: Just think about that for a second. If you were alive on that day, that's what he said on 9-11. As all those people died, he's talking about how his building is now the tallest. And he wasn't even right. According to the Washington Post... This building, just one block east, 70 pine, was still taller, if you care about that specific fact. But that's the reality of Trump. That's his M.O. Say it, even if it's not true.
2: Wow, huh? What a horrible thing Trump said. He's bragging about a building. How tall? And then Aaron Burnett. No, of course not. This is totally taken out of context. I'll prove it to you in a moment. But Aaron Burnett doesn't leave it alone. Every guest who shows up, every fake news swamp uh, uh, crackpot lawyer like Ty Cobb. Bad guy, I mean thoroughly bad, talk about somebody who should be disparred, but he jumps in uh on all this this bandwagon cut twenty one
4: you know uh, I have to say in all of this type, one thing that just did just to take that moment on on nine eleven that your comment on that day would have been uh, my building's now the tallest I don't know for some reason there are still things that can break through all of this and give one pause i hope um the, but, but thing- how is nine
7: eleven how is nine eleven about trump how, you know that's just it's just it's just repulsive. Just repulsive. And, and so now sad. stop. You know it's you know it's
2: repulsive. What they have done, what they have lied about Trump, how they have lied about him. This is what we call uh in the church a sin of omission. They left something out, like the heart and soul of what Donald Trump was talking about. They took a little, 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 little snippet to try to make him appear as something he's not, insensitive to what happened and all this stuff. So that interview was nine minutes long. Now, they're not going to show you all that, but they could have done what I did and give you a little bit of a summary of it, a little bit of a taste of what he was really talking about. You ready? Uh, cut 22, please. This is a conversation Donald Trump had with Channel 9 on September 11, 2001.
3: Go. For years, I've looked right directly at the building. I'd see the Empire State Building in the foreground and the World Trade Center in the background, and now I'm looking at absolutely nothing. It's just gone, and it's just hard to believe. There's nothing you can do when people are going to be bombing planes that you're building now well, i guess maybe the world is going to be changing and maybe you're going to have f-16s flying all over the city etc but it's a pretty tough situation the big thing that that you really will have to do is never forget you just can't forget that something like this happened one of the very sad things is going to be when you look at the skyline of new york which has become so emblazoned in your own memory And you look at the skyline of New York and you see these buildings, these two buildings, whether you love them or don't love them, they were a great part of the skyline. And then when you look at the skyline after 2001, and you're going to see a skyline without these two buildings, you're going to say, what happened? People won't believe it. This was probably worse than Pearl Harbor. Many more people are dead. And, and, you know, they don't know. They have no idea. But uh, I have somebody that was down there who witnessed at least 10 people jumping out of the building from 70 and 80 stories up in the air. I mean, you probably have 25 or 30,000 is the number I've heard, but I would think would be much more than that. This country is different today, and and it's going to be different than it ever was for many years to come.
2: So beautiful, actually, in retrospect, what he was saying, and profound and appropriate, totally understanding of the scope of what happened, as as we all were. The nerve of this Aaron Burnett who got a lot of what she's got in life by flirting with men. Okay? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Actually, well, I'll get into that later. So um how about that? I mean, really? And they're doing it to Trump every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. They're lying, just like you heard right there. Just like you heard. It's incredible. Yet he still has us, right? <laughs> Beating Biden in the polls. I love it. Be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
7: Hi, everybody. I'm going to be in Philadelphia on October 9th to make a major announcement at the very birthplace of our nation. I'm not going to tell you right now exactly what that announcement will be. I can say, though, that if you've been waiting to come to one of my public events this will be the one to come to. I'll be speaking about a sea change in American politics and what your part and my part is in that change. A lot of Americans who had previously given up any hope that real change would ever come through the American electoral process have begun to find new hope in my candidacy. And I understand the deeply felt concern that people have about the way corruption has overtaken our government. It's in the executive branch it's in Congress. It's in the leadership of both political parties. So I am inviting you to join me in Philadelphia on October 9th. There I'll share with you our path to the White House and how we can all participate in healing our nation. Huh,
2: Robert F. Kennedy Jr., what the hell's going on? It sounds like we believe he's going to be announcing an independent candidacy. No party. He's not running as a Democrat. He's running as an independent it's uh, tricky to do that, but it's doable. You don't have the party apparatus uh, helping you, but uh, with enough money, you can get on the ballots of states. It's really not all that hard. I mean, it's not insurmountable. With a fair amount of money, a fair amount of organization, you can do it. Ross Perot did it in 1992. Some states, it only takes 10,000 votes. Other states, 50,000 votes. Other states, uh, 10,000 signatures, I should say, 50,000 signatures. Um, however, I'm going to say this. you know, A lot of what he says... Is very much kind of aligned with MAGA, right? We want a choice about the vaccine. We don't want to throw all this kind all this money away on Ukraine. This is very very much in keeping with MAGA. Now, the conventional wisdom is a candidacy like his hurts Biden. I'm not so sure. Does it hurt Trump? I mean, there are a lot of good people out there who are like, wow, yeah, Robert, I'm, I'm one of them. I was like, yeah, Robert F. Kennedy, interesting. Yeah, I got, go, Robert. Go, go, go. But this is serious stuff. You know, we need to win the White House. And if he gets in there and screws it up for Trump, well, that screws it up for everybody. I don't know. I I don't have the data. We'll get some pros on later. Tell us what the hell this, uh, this means. Um, Robert F. Kennedy. It's funny that the voice is no big deal. You know, he has those stressed vocal cords. Um, when I first met him in person about 15 years ago, I was like, oh, my God. You know, he just felt, he just, oh, what's, he, I just thought he was going to disintegrate. I, like, if you grabbed his arm hard enough, it would just fall off like a straw man. But the guy is totally in in shape. Hey, he's also a liberal Democrat on the other issues. I don't agree with him. But more importantly, he gets the swamp, and he's anti-swamp. He's anti, well, he doesn't like the way the CIA and the FBI have been behaving. Neither do I. All right. Well, let's, we'll crunch the numbers and and figure out if this is good or bad uh, for MAGA. And MAGA is not a threat to democracy, Joe. We're the savior of it.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, all right,
2: this thing is underway. Actually, it already dispersed. It already adjourned for the day. But Trump is mad as hell about this judge and this ludicrously bogus uh, lawsuit that the attorney general has brought. Um, going through it now, I'll have more later. But uh, looks like his attorneys are doing an excellent job. And the prosecutor and the judge are being revealed as th- frauds, that <laughs> the frauds that they are. Uh, I look forward to this. Um, and that Trump went there today that, and he didn't have to. That's interesting. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, $18 million from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I just looked up a, there's a small, there's a house there that just sold for $218 million, a single family home. Granted, it's a mansion, but sold for $218 million at Palm Beach uh the idea anybody who's ever been there you heard o'reilly trying to bust my chops hey kelly you've ever been there yes i have donald uh, yes i have bill anyway uh bill o'reilly you got to get his book by the way a uh, great book great guy um killing the witches and he's got a lot of uh, trump in there what he's going through is very similar to what those witches went through all those years ago uh back in salem massachusetts hey taylor swift If she walked in the room right now, I really wouldn't care. I'm surprised that she is as famous as she is. Fame has changed. There was a time where one person, like the Beatles were so famous that everybody had an appreciation for them. Everybody could name a couple of Beatles songs, right? Hard Day's Night, right? What's another one? (laughs) Day Tripper, I don't know. But everybody knew something. I can't name one. Taylor Swift's song, they're all basically the same. She's upset about some guy, uh, you know, either dumped her or didn't treat her right, or um, she's going to make him really, really happy, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, the Beatles actually spoke about other people. You ever hear that song, Eleanor Rigby? What's that called? Father McKenzie, Eleanor Rigby. Oh, look at all the lonely people. Do, 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 do. It is a, a song written by an observant person. Paul McCartney was 23 years old when he wrote those words and he observed his, his, his world and he wrote down his thoughts and made them rhyme. And it was amazing. What's her name? She's only looking at, she's only thinking about herself. It seems like I, I've heard. I don't know. I don't like it. But here's the why is she on my mind? Because everybody went bananas yesterday because she's going out with some football player. Who in the world cares? And you got even the football commentators talking about it. Okay. uh Semi-hot girl goes out with a football player who's famous. I mean, what difference does that make? Why would anybody focus on that? Why would that be a thing? Football players are supposed to go out with pop stars. Pop stars are supposed to go out with football players. That's what happens. And this one particular football player is uh not impressive to me. His name is Kels. K E L C E. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, is that right? Is it Kels or Kelsey? K E L C E. I don't know. But uh who's James? James Slippin? Sure. Um his name is uh Jane oh, now I'm all confused. Hi, James Flippin, have a seat. Uh, who is this football player? So it's
1: Travis Kelsey.
2: Kelsey. I had a feeling it might have been Kelsey. Yes, Kelsey. Well, let me tell you why I think he's a jerk. Okay. So he's being photographed because he's going out with, I guess, somebody who people think is famous. Mm-hmm. And I guess, objectively speaking, she is famous. She's pretty famous. So he's in New York City and he's getting his picture taken. As he goes out with the fellas on a Saturday night, and she's with the girls. Not a good sign for an early relationship, in my opinion. But whatever. You know what his T-shirt said? I ain't doing S-H-I-T today. You have to, don't give me a break. You actually have to blurt out the T. I just spelled out the word. You can't spell the, I can't spell the word S-H-I blank. Oh, brother. Talk about censorship. Do-do. All right. So he wears this T-shirt. I mean that's vulgarity mm-hmm. on the t-shirt he's a football player he's going to be i mean i and, and just a sentiment i ain't doing s h i blank today It's I, I i you know when i was in the marine corps you could call me a jerk but every now and then i'd run into a marine who was wearing something vulgar on the shirt you know what i do i say turn that turn that shirt inside out or go home
1: Because you just felt like
2: it's a level of, uh, it's a matter of respect. Depravity. It's, it's, it is a matter of, and look, I've done all kinds of things. I liked it. Well, there are certain things, whatever. I am not perfect. Okay. Uh, but I've never done that. I've never worn a shirt that has something vulgar on it. Yeah. It's like the least you can do, especially if you're a sports figure. So why is everybody going bananas about this, uh, this thing? This, this, this girl and this dude?
1: I that's a tough question to answer. I mean look, Taylor Swift is an absolute uh tour de force from a cultural perspective, right? Like she's Name sold, one song. Okay. Uh how about Bad Blood? Um how about uh antihero? How about uh, uh Shake It Off?
2: Right, no now for the record, I just asked a gay man. Okay. <laughs> All right. My
1: husband does love her, I have to admit. Yeah. He's a huge All right. fan so of So you
2: know, uh, and now come to think of it, I
1: heard, did hear that shake it off sound. You've heard so, shake it off. Yeah, that was a big radio hit. Annoying.
2: Annoying. It's annoying. not
1: her, one of her better ones, I would say.
2: She is terrible. Self-absorbed, narcissistic. The way she floats around on the stage. She literally, they, they do this Peter Pan trick. And I have heard her sing at the Grammys, and quite frankly, she was off key. Even I could tell it. She's not the best vocalist in the world.
1: Right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think for her, she's sort of like maybe this generation's Billy Joel, right? Like a big time singer songwriter.
2: Well, let's take Billy Joel. Billy Joel and the piano man. You know what? He talked about all the people, you know, Uh, the real estate broker and the guy in the Navy and like all these people coming together. He was observing his world instead of just going inward and inward and inward and wanting some guy. It's like right out of middle school, right out of middle school. I can't stand her. And the other, oh, she's getting more and more attention. You know why? Because she's coming out against Trump. Did you see that little video? She's she's anti-Trump. Now. I
1: I know that she's anti-Trump. Yeah. She's
2: anti-Trump, and they want to harness that. And I actually I just figured it out. That's one of the reasons why they're building her and building her and building her. Because at the right moment, you know, she'll go even more anti-Trump, more overtly anti-Trump. And we can't have let this happen as a people and that kind of crap.
1: From a mainstream news perspective, you might be onto something there. I think from like an NFL perspective, they just want some of the Taylor Swift shine. They just want some of that buzz. I mean, she is a major. Man, give me a break. They got enough buzz having football games. I would probably agree with you on that, just, but they can't help themselves. Just
2: have a football game. You know, you may, Roger Goodell ruined the sport, made it way too expensive. Uh, half the league are criminals. You know it and I know it. They're smoking pot. You don't have the, the nerve to do anything about it, you let him take a knee, the black national anthem, all this junk. And uh some of these poor guys, you know, quite frankly, will be changed forever as you make your many, 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 many millions a year just sitting there. How much does he make a year? Like thirty million dollars a year, something insane. You're talking about Travis Kelsey? No, I'm talking about the uh, Goodell, the commissioner. Oh geez. His salary is probably something like that, yeah. And the only thing he knows is NFL executive stuff. He started as an intern at the um, at the NFL, mm-hmm. and look at him now. And, oh, by the way, you know that song, uh, S- I Ain't No uh, a Fortunate Son? You know, se- fortunate yeah, son. I'm not so senator's son. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about a guy of privilege. He's a U.S. senator's son. Mm. His, his dad was a U.S. senator. Now, some people would be like, well, Greg, your dad was very important, too. Yeah, well, you know what? When I was born, he was a police officer. He was a police officer. I'm very proud of him, but... He became a commissioner like well after I left college. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, there were certain people in a town that will remain nameless for the moment who kind of looked down their nose that there was a police officer living on the block. You know, wasn't that? Oh, oh, what does he do? Oh,
1: oh. Anyway, all right. So, um, where does this leave you? In terms of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Yes. I think it's a, a totally overblown story. I'm an actual football fan, so I can care less about Taylor Swift being in the press box or something like that. You know, it just doesn't do anything for me. But
2: And the announcers were making a big deal out of it and cutting to her every time he made a decent play or something, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the, the TV camera. All her friends were there. Like, I saw Hugh Jackman was there, Blake Lively, who was her husband's name, Ryan Reynolds, I think his name is.
2: So she has gone all in. And this is what she does. She goes all in too fast, too soon. She's got to play it cool. She should be aloof. She should be a little bit aloof. And my advice to her also is that she should date somebody who's not famous. She always gets mixed up with these famous guys. You know who uh, did this? Who was that girl, the annoying actress, uh, Anne Hathaway? Mm -hmm. She married a civilian, and that's what she should do. Marry somebody who's apart from all this stuff. Who's not going to have a problem, because sooner or later, a guy's
1: going to have a problem with your status. They are. Could you imagine? I mean, the Chiefs almost lost yesterday. Could you imagine what the curse talk would be? Like, oh, the curse of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know. Thanks a lot, Zach Wilson,
2: oh, by the way. (laughs) See, I'm getting into football. You are. Fumble, Mr. Fumbles. You're a big-time football fan now. Wow, look at you. Mr. Fumbles. Mr. Fumbles. He had a decent game otherwise, right? Yeah,
1: he did. Yeah, he threw for uh, about 250 yards, two touchdowns. Uh,
2: yeah, he's, uh,
1: all right. So, um, uh, oh, the other thing about it is
2: it's not that guys are threatened. It's that sooner or later. Well, anyway, I could talk for a long time about this. I don't, I shouldn't, but I, I, I'll leave it at that. I'll just say this about those famous women. Pretty soon. It's not that guys are threatened by the famous woman. It's that they're going to find another famous guy and leave you. So maybe she should stick with the famous guy. I don't know. Gosh, I feel like she's overexposed.
1: I mean, she's kind of a lightning rod, though, too, right? I mean, geez, we're talking about her. Curiously,
2: the term overexposed is not even used anymore. There used to be things. We used to talk about people watching. People would people watch. You never even hear that expression because nobody watches people. They all look at their phones and they think about themselves. They used to have an expression called chip on your shoulder. Nobody ever says that anymore because everybody has a chip on their shoulder. You know, the best thing you can have going for you is to be offended and to use that, weaponize that. Monetize that, and what's the other thing? Overexposed, um yeah, and overexposed. I mean, nobody's overexposed anymore. The Kardashians talk about overexposed, but nobody—they got to go away for a little while. She's got to go away. Yeah. All right. Then again, she's in the middle of a tour. What the hell do I know? What do I
1: know? I well, know. I mean, you, it, it yeah, I, I just find myself agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I heard a commercial this weekend for the new Kardashian season, and I was like, "That's still a thing." I. Can't, Not for me.
2: What are they doing now? I honestly don't know. It's amazing. The other thing is there's absolutely no public expectation that any of these people give back. Give back to their community, do something, volunteer work. There's not a word about faith. You know, you can wrap yourself in that LGBT queer flag, but you cannot talk about Christ in public. You will get counseled. You'll get shamed. And let's talk about Christ in public for a while. I mean, my goodness gracious, everything that people think they are going to get from changing their gender or, I don't know, getting a certain number of followers on Instagram or whatever the hell it is, you can get from the Lord and he wants to give it to you. He really does. He wants to give it to you and he will protect you, but he gets, I actually have this theory and I don't think I'm wrong that he gets lonely. He wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us, but we are so distracted by the world. And the world has said horrible false things about God and Jesus that, um, you know, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how he feels sometimes about all of us. We have let him down. I've let him down many times, but he's always been there for me. He's always my goodness gracious. You read the Bible? I do. When? Uh, usually in the morning. No kidding. What'd you read today? I didn't read today. Ah! Uh, Neither did I. And I'm, uh, I'm not – look, quite frankly, I haven't read in a couple of weeks. Uh I should. I should. I need to. I will tell you this, though. I feel it. I feel myself. You know what I mean? I feel not right in the world a little bit. It is so much better. Everything is so much better. And uh uh wait, today is the first Monday in the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. So this fiscal year, I shouldn't think of it this way. But yeah, I, you know what I think I should do? The first thing, as soon as I get to work and dedicate the day – to him, I mean, really, and there's so much there, so much good stuff. And I know the Bible can be confusing for a lot of people, but if you get, uh, maybe you need a study Bible, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. Help me, and now I don't even need the little, uh, the little uh, Cliff Notes anymore. I can just read it. So, what else? What else? What else? I guess we should. Uh, hey, I heard Joel Olstein. You know, Joel Olstein was like my starter kit. He got me into it. But at one point I needed to graduate, and then I graduated to uh, you know something a little bit deeper. But I love Joel, great guy and great message. But and he says that thing about honoring God. As long as you're doing this and honoring God, well, honoring God means like obeying Him, you know, and doing the stuff you're supposed to do. And we know what that is. And if you don't, there's a refresher. It's called the Bible. It is. And those rules in there are not meant to keep us from having a good time. They're meant to protect us. So, all right. Enough of – I don't want to say enough of that. That sounds like I've – uh no, there should be more of that, don't you think? Yeah. All right. But then again, I'm no professional. I'm no preacher. I'm no – you know what I mean? I don't have all the answers. He does, though. All right. We will uh move on for the time being. I shall return. Thank you, James Slippen. Thanks, Greg.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, I got to do this fast.
2: Some people have been waiting for a long time. Chris, go ahead in Pompton Lakes. Hi. Real
3: quick, um, I uh, I think that every real quick, real quick, they, go ahead. Should donate to Trump because he's fighting for us, and we have to show support to him.
2: Absolutely. You know what? So too many of us sit on the sidelines, and uh, one way you can get involved is give money, and a little is actually a lot. A thousand people giving a dollar is a lot better than one guy giving a thousand bucks. Let's get involved and stay involved. Thank you, Chris. Um, Let's go to uh Tony. Hi.
3: Hi,
8: okay, Kelly. So the thing that's on my mind because of all the litigation is excessive against my president, Trump, is w- what's lacking in their interpretation of the law. And, and I looked and what I found was this, Greg, and I'll make it quick. The framers of the Constitution believe that. The laws of nature and of nature's God needed to be applied when when you apply the Constitution, and that's what's lacking in Joe Biden, and that's what's lacking in his 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 minions and his 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 administration. There's no moral code. Yeah. There's I, no belief yep. in God. Right. Amen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, one of the founding fathers said basically, the Constitution is worthless if you don't have uh, reverent men uh practicing it right it's all based upon having people with noble hearts thank you very very much uh adam and mineola yes
8: yes sir you can't praise jesus like you said and praise trump too sir because you know trump is not a god
2: hey adam I'm, wait 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 what the hell are you talking about I well, <laughs> nobody said he's a god he's a great man i can praise trump I can totally praise Trump. What are you? Are you really saying this? I can't praise Trump. He's a man. He's not God. And I was talking about Jesus, and that's—I mean, what? All right. So I can't praise Trump.
5: Is that what you're saying? Yeah. If you are praising Jesus too.
2: No, Jesus no, no. Jesus, no, God. What? No, 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 Adam. Sometimes you get it right, but this time you got it totally wrong. Um, I don't, I don't, I really can't, can't get my hands around that. So you can either be for God and for nobody else. Is that it?
5: Jesus is a jealous God. You act like Trump can't.
2: No, 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 no. I'm not worshiping. We're not worshiping um, Trump. We're admiring him. We respect him. We want to vote for him. But that's different. He's not a deity, and no one ever said that. Now, you want to talk about a jealous God, which you're right. That's in the Bible. Um, people who worship at the uh, altar of LGBTQ Right, and this kind of stuff—that's um, all taken the place of God. You know, unlike Joe Biden, Donald Trump is not afraid to say the name Jesus. Do you know that, Adam?
0: No, I don't know. Well, that, you, about, you ought to look it up.
2: It's true. But by your definition, I can't be—I mean, I can't even be a New York Islander fan and be for God at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I think you got to go back to the drawing board on this one. But thanks for the call. Um, oh, oh, Barbara, hello.
8: Hey, hi, Greg. If if you don't have time to read the Bible every day, pick a favorite verse. One of mine is Psalms 43.3, send forth your light and your truth, let them guide me. Memorize a verse and say that throughout the day, and that will remind you of your Bible. And I I wanted to to talk about, you said that um, Trump, um, I'm sorry, Biden needs not criticize Trump as as attacking our democracy. You called Trump the savior of our democracy. Well, Abraham Lincoln would talk about Trump in a similar way because he would call him a shepherd. He says the shepherd drives the wolf from the sheep's throat for which the sheep thanks the shepherd as his liberator. While the wolf denounces the shepherd for the same act as the destroyer of liberty.
2: Man, that Abe Lincoln, he really was a one smart dude. Oh, he said and, that he and, wrote it down or did he just say it like, you know, over dinner?
8: No, it is a written quote. It so, is a written quote from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I am reading a book about Abraham. Talk Lincoln. Talk
2: about it. we are so and, we're so uh, blessed. We're so blessed. Hey, listen, Ike, there's the music. I got to go. And to Adam's point, savior of democracy. That's different from savior of the of the soul. OK, you know, come on. I can't believe that guy who's often
0: very, very smart and common sense. Anyway, thank you all to be continued tomorrow.